This is Culture Communication and Brand Moments with Shelby Joe Long, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Shelby Joe Long. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm Shelby Joe Long. I'm Senior Vice President of the Strategic Advisor Board, and I am here to conduct interviews with geniuses who have transformed their ideas into a business to help inspire you to think about your business in a different way and think about your genius in a different way. And today is no exception. I'm excited to learn a little bit about more about this story. Ira and I know each other through a mutual organization. We've met each other a couple of times, but I'm excited to hear more about Bowman Digital Media. So Ira, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you very much, Shelby. It is a pleasure to be here. Why don't you, let's start off by just tell us about you and tell us about your business and then we'll dig into the foundation of things. Yeah. Okay. Well, I won't tell you how it started then because that's really (laughs) an interesting story all by itself. So we'll save that for a second. But the company Bowman Digital Media is really an answer to business owners. A lot of my clients are smaller companies, some mid-sized companies, but we don't work with enterprises. Not that we wouldn't, but you know, this is just who we, who we tend to, um, target and gear better towards Mm -hmm. but the goal is simple they're obscure online you can't find them in google you can't find them on social media how do they go from this obscure place to being seen and generating a rapport and then of course getting web traffic well we provide six services that do that the main two being social media management and um seo right to help boost the position on Google. Now we also do photography, we do videography, graphic design and website development for our clients who are just starting and don't have a website. But we do those six services for them so that they can focus on the things that they're good at. They're an accountant, they're a chef, they're an attorney. Most of our clients are service-based, but we have like print shops, we have um, a couple recycling centers or what you might think of as like a garbage dump, right? But for commercial recycling centers, I have two of those, believe it or not, clients. Um, we work with a lot of coaches and authors and, and people like that, but that's that's really the crux of it. They're busy doing what they're best at and they hire us to do the things like, you know, run their LinkedIn that they're not that good at. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, we're just not, and we need some, we, the general, we, we can stay yeah. in the genius zone if we have somebody else, other geniuses doing that job for us. 100%. So, and and I'm yeah. no, I'm no different. Look, I hired the first thing I did when I launched Bowman Digital Media was hire an accountant and a lawyer because I wasn't good at those things, right? So, yeah. recognizing your genius and or the things that you're passionate about, and recognizing the things that you're not as good or don't want to be good at, it can exactly. be helpful. Yeah, exactly. I think also what interests me too is that it seems like you, sir, your packages and what you offer is for a small business or a startup business that is ready to grow. Is that accurate? Yeah. I was actually just talking to one of my clients who's a business coach earlier today. We have a weekly call and he and I had never actually talked about that. He goes, so what is it that, you know, you love about your business? And I said, look, point blank, I like taking or helping a small business owner go from where they are to 
helping fulfill their dream. We implement a strategy that helps them go from where they are to where they want to be. I have always, even when I was in the print business, and I was in the print business for 20 years, um, when I was in the print business, I always gravitated towards the smaller, medium-sized business owners because I had ideas on what they could do if they hired us to grow their business. So that's always been something that I have been passionate about is helping the small business owner gain revenue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The other thing before we dig into your, your background before digital media, um, I wanted to ask it or I wanted to comment on how you provide a multitude of services that you're not just a one, you know, your SEO photography, there's all design, there's all sorts of different things. I think that is also so helpful for small business owners. So they don't have to piece together everything and you have it all kind of under one roof. I think that's really great. Yeah. We could talk about how I came up with those, but the idea for me, it was, it was, it was a win-win idea. I thought when I was setting up my business, I was like, okay, these are the things that I needed when I was doing, getting going, but also, you know, markets shift, sure. uh, trends change. And I didn't want to create a business that was, say just on photography. Look, I'm a professional photographer. I, I take photos all the time. Love it. Right. But what if the market photography gets so saturated that I can't get work or I can't get enough work to sustain the company and grow, which I want to continue to grow. So whether it was social media management, SEO, or any of the other things, photography, the thing I probably love the most right now is photography, right? But graphic design, actually, I've been doing graphic design longer than any of them. But um, through all of it, I thought it can not only be a suite of services that is helpful, but it can help insulate me from being obscure or obsolete. Absolutely. So there was a, a two-way a two thought process there. Absolutely. Let's talk about, I want to, you refer to it a couple of times in the yeah. print media and all that. T- tell us about your foundation. Tell us about how you, Yeah, I, I, love the, I love the point where we go from what we did in the past to I'm going to start a business and do my own thing. So tell us about your, yeah. And it, and it ties in so well with the genius that you're talking about, right? Which is a fun way to say it, but okay. So I was um, married at 23 years old. And I always wanted to be in sales, but I wasn't in sales yet. My wife was a hairdresser and she introduced me to somebody who got me into sales. Turns out it was in the print business. Now, I didn't set out to find the print business. The print business found me. Okay. Right. But as it turns out, it was a, a happy marriage. I loved it. I loved the freedom and the creativity and the, again, helping people. In the beginning, I was working with architects, engineers, and construction companies primarily. A lot of those independent business owners, small, medium-sized companies, they were employing people. I helped them to be more financially stable by fixing the way they were doing their large format printing. In one situation, just as an example, they were spending over a million dollars a year on getting their large format plans produced. And I was able to shrink that number down by over six figures. So that savings helped them employ more people. You see what I mean? And that's the kind of thing that I was doing. Then in 2000, I think it was eight or so, I I switched gears and I got into the graphic side of the printing. So I was now, instead of just selling the equipment, I was selling the output too. Well, as part of output, you need print files. Some of these small business owners just didn't have, they they wanted the print work done, but they didn't have the file to print. Turns out you had to pay people to do that then. Well, I was yeah. losing orders. So I learned how to create files so that I could get the sale. I could complete the transaction without them having to spend more money than just the print process. So that's how I got my feet wet. 
Well, fast forward to 2020 and a lot of years of graphic design in between. With COVID, I had moved out to Southern California for a job. Five months after I moved out here, COVID was rampant. And the business, the industry that I was printing mostly for that at that point was hospitality and entertainment, right? So events, sure. that was all gone. Shut and down. so my job went away. I got laid off. First time in my whole life I had been laid off. So I had I had a decision to make. At that point, it was like, what do I do? Do I move? Well, we had already just moved. And my family, frankly, was tired of moving. And I had a non-compete. Moving's not fun. <laughs> yeah, I had a not I had a non-compete in the print industry. So it was like, even if I could find another print vendor to hire me, um, <laughs> I would right. be sued. I would be sued. So right. I had I was in this weird spot. Well, oh. That's terrible. <laughs> this okay. This was all happening. That opportunity. In, yeah, yeah, this was all happening in 2020, right? So in May, in May of 2018, I had had a conversation with a guy on social media because in sales, I was up in the Bay Area at the time, and a lot of the businesses are not. You can't just walk in. You had to get buzzed in by security, and it was getting harder and harder, even in 2018 to get you know those people who didn't know you to buzz you in yeah so i i started to understand that i needed to grow my social media presence but i didn't necessarily know how to do it but i i was talking to a guy that i was connected to about how linkedin works and if you're not familiar with this story go watch my first tedx because i explained the story in in spades for those but you know i learned the the importance of first second and third level connections on linkedin so i decided to do something that most people don't do. And that was become an open networker on LinkedIn. What does that mean? It means I was going to be willing to accept strangers connections. And I know we think stranger danger, but I, again, I, I tell that whole story, but through this process from 2018 to 2020, I went from 1500 connections on LinkedIn to the maximum, which is 30,000, but I also had 150,000 total followers. So I went from obscurity to having this flamethrower, if you will. Yeah. To be able to put out a message and have it be seen by quite a few people. Posts would be seen over a million, two million views at a time. It was a good apparatus, if you will, to get yeah. a message out. So when I got laid off, the minute I got laid off, okay, actually, I, I need to back up just one step. I missed an important step. In 2018, I launched a, a nonprofit called Project Help You Grow. The Project Help You Grow is still around. It's been around now for five years. And our goal there is to help connect job seekers with employers who are hiring. It's all done for free, but it's a website. Well, because it's a website and it's free, I needed to learn a way to get the website to be seen by a lot of people. So this growth on social media was important, but also it threw me down the path of learning about SEO. Now you see why I had to back up because sure. this, this is how it all enters the fray. Okay, so at this point, graphic design, social media, um, website development, and SEO were all things that I was working on. But I was working on as a hobby or as side projects, not as my main, you know, I, that's not how I was making my living. Had no intention of doing any of that, frankly, for a living. Just, you know, was doing it for, well, the, the social media was to gain more sales calls. So that was for a living, but not the social media as a service, just social media as a tool to gain um, 
visibility so that these architects and the people would would who didn't know me would take my call. So, right. you know, and it, it did work. It helped me increase sales for from 2018 to 2020. I made more sales because of social media than I did because of in-person cold calls. So it was effective. I love that. I love the analogy about how, you know, you ring the doorbell and nobody would let you in. Yeah. And I, I like that analogy a lot because we don't think about it as having a, having like, that's the first place people go to see who you are is social media is LinkedIn. Right. Especially in the professional world. And if you're not, if you're, if that's not up to speed, that's you we really have to pay attention to that. It's a big, it's a big thing. And so huh. when I first started doing it, okay, I was making on average from 20 to 35 cold calls a day in person. My bosses were used to that. When I switched over and I stopped making all those calls, it happened really fast. And I got a call from my boss one day in 2018 and he goes, Ira, what what's wrong? Because you know, he's so used to the way I work and you know what I mean? So he noticed I was still at home and he called me. It was like one o'clock. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm making cold calls. And he goes, what do you mean you're at home? And I go, I know I'm doing it on social media. And he goes, I don't understand. And I said, but you will just watch my sales funnel because it's not going to go down. It's actually going to go up. Right. And so I, I was learning how to do it and I had figured it out and I just needed, you know, like the world to kind of catch up. So I was ahead of the curve there. But I did, you know, I had to fight some resistance along yeah. the way and I had to prove it that it would work. But anyways, in 2020, the moment it's kind of funny, but it's true. The moment that I was laid off, I was actually on a Zoom call with my friend, Joe Stepke, who is known as Joe, the finance guy. Joe had been trying to get me to build a website for this guy, like a side project for over a year. And I was like, I don't have time, you know, so. At the moment that I was laid off, I actually had just earlier that day met with um, a large county where I live on a um, RFQ, and it was going to be a six-figure RFQ. And I think, you know, they gave me the verbal in the meeting. So when I got a call from my boss that day who ended up laying me off, I actually thought he was going to pat me on the back and say, attaboy, right? I, I told Joe, I said, this is just going to be like a 30-second call. He's going to congratulate me for a job well done. And, you know, it'll be, it'll be fast because it was like 5.30 at night on a Friday. So he calls me and he says, I got bad news. You know, I'm going to have to lay you off. And I was like, oh, right. Well, my friends, <laughs> this is this is on speakerphone on my cell phone and my and my friends on Zoom. It was really awkward. Anyways, when that conversation was over, he says, Ira, I hate to be trite, but it sounds like you might have some free time. Can you build my website? And, you know, it's funny that timing probably changed my whole life because right. I told him I would do it. Of course, we we came up to a price and, you know, I told him I'd do it. He paid, he paid, he Venmoed me that same night. He's like, I don't want him to back out. Right. He's yeah. going to build me this site for this really cheap price. So I, I did. It was my first commercial site. It's called Joe, the finance guy. If you guys want to check it out, it's still live. Um, but the fact is I took, I took the information that I wasn't expecting to my wife and said, Hey, you know, this is what happened. And I don't know what to do. And I said, Hey, but you know, Joe just paid me to build a website. And later that night is really where the idea for Bowman digital media came to right? this like epiphany. It's like, Hey, instead of having one job, 
which has always been where now we haven't talked about this, but I'm married and I have eight kids. Okay. Yeah. You do have a lot of kids. Yeah. So I never thought, I never thought that I would be the business owner because I didn't, I didn't think I was going to be able to afford the ramp up period. Right. I didn't think I was going to be able to afford the investment to get going. And then the ramp up period. And, you know, I know you can borrow money and all these things, but you know, I don't like to be in debt. So I'm like a Dave Ramsey kind of thought guy there. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what I said to her was really radical. And when I said it out of my mouth, I couldn't believe I was saying it, but it really was an epiphany. There's this thing called fractional work. Fractional work is where you, instead of having a job, you become a big business owner, LLC, and you 1099 contract labor, but you don't do it for just one person or one entity. You do like spokes on a, on a wheel six services at Bowman Digital Media, not just one. It's the same idea. You get income coming from multiple sources like passive income, but this is active hours income, okay? But then if any one of those leave, and I've had many customers come and go over the years, but at the time I was thinking, if I could get my income to be from at least four different sources, 25% or less from each source, if any one of those ever leave, I'm not hurt. And so I tried to explain this to my wife, and my wife said, yeah, I don't like that. Go get a job. But I said, well, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to think about it, but I think I'm going to do it, right? So at the end of the weekend, I decided, and I launched Bowman Digital Media that Monday, right? I launched the pay, the file, the paperwork for the LLC. I paid like 600 bucks. So anyways, this yeah. whole transition from employee to employer, business owner happened over a weekend in my mind. It was It was relatively quick, but it was you know, you say genius, that's the word. It really was a very smart thing to do. And only by the grace of God was I on that call, like I said, with my friend Joe, because I don't know, I don't think the idea would have came to me. But that Monday, I'll tell you what, that Monday I pumped, I made a post and I said, imagine if you had 150,000 followers at your disposal on LinkedIn, what you could do and how your company would benefit from that. Now I said, Imagine you don't have to build it. You could just plug into mine and utilize mine to help. I had my phone ringing off the hook that day from small business owners going, I would love to talk to you about this. Now, did they all sign? No, right? I still had to figure out a lot of things, pricing and, you know, how I was going to implement the services. and, And, you know, that's all morphed over time. I'd like to say it's gotten better, right? But um, but anyways, that's where it all came from. That's the genesis. But it came from building up this this unintentional apparatus. I didn't build it for the in, in, for the purpose that it's being used for, but it was uh, fortuitous to say the least. Just the I think it, what a, what's the word serendipity? Yeah, uh, there's a serendipitous moment there that you that it was almost this. I, I talk about this too. It's like there's a forced transition in your life like you've got to figure something out yeah and then this kind of landed and configured as at that that opportunity just presented itself and and i think you i rolled resonate with all those themes of like the challenges of entrepreneurship and i really think the having multiple streams of income that's what i work with people on too is like you know we can you can have a book, but it's a really good idea to have a digital course to go with it. And then an oh, e-commerce store, like think about all these things working together and how they can all help each other. I think it's yeah. a great business plan. So, I, um, 
I love the idea of the digital course. I know that's one of the things that you do. And I'll be talking to you about this because I have been running an internship program for a little over a year now. And I just decided this, this with this last iteration to record them all. So I've got them recorded and I'm going to be putting out an SEO course. And so awesome. I will, yeah. And uh, you and I will be talking about that later because we already yeah. had to talk about this last week. So we're going to, we're going to make that yeah. happen. Um, I think it's super smart, right? The books, the course, the whole, now that's my, that's my lane. Everybody's got lanes, but I like the word adapting. I was able to adapt to the circumstances and I wrote a blog about fractional work back in 2019. So I'd already known the concept of fractional work, but I never thought it was going to be my reality. Now it's, it's, it's funny how that came to fruition. Like I was, you know, foreshadowing my future. And now you probably couldn't envision yourself working for somebody else. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I think about that every once in a while, especially with C-suite jobs that come along. Now I run a job board. Project Help You Grow. I see the jobs. In fact, every job that's on ZipRecruiter is on Project Help You Grow. We have an API key and they pump them in and they they take our jobs and they pump them to them. Um, so we do kind of exchange there. That's funny. They wanted my foreign jobs. They didn't have foreign jobs. They wanted my foreign jobs. So they traded me. Um, some of those, I look at them and, and I wonder, I wonder if I would be happy. But then I was talking about this even with my wife earlier today. I'm like, what would that really mean? That would mean me back in an office, you know, as a, as a salaried employee, upper management, you're working 60, 70 hours a week. You don't have the freedom to do any of the things I have the freedom. I could travel whenever I want now. Yeah. You know, if I want to take today off and go see something with my kids, I can do that for 20 years. I was a ghost in the house because I was out there working. If the sun was up, it was a work day, man, I was working. Um, I worked a lot, a lot of hours, but you know, I don't regret it, but I don't know that I would want to go back to that corporate lifestyle. It would take a lot. It would take a really strong offer for me to consider. Yeah. yeah. I think may, I, I feel that that theme resonates with a lot of entrepreneurs. So there is something nice about the prestige of working for a larger company. Don't get me wrong. I mean, this is, it, yeah. you know, it's the pay and the prestige. I was talking to Nathaniel Halsman of low code road, uh, today about people who work at NVIDIA, right? NVIDIA used to be my next door neighbor when I was doing this up in the Bay Area in Santa Clara. I worked right next door to NVIDIA. And so, and I have an NVIDIA graphics card in my computer is why this came up. But anyways, um, the director of marketing role is someone that we were we were looking at on LinkedIn because there was a question about it. And I said, you know, it's funny, those types of jobs can totally change your prestige on LinkedIn because the recogni the recognizable company that you work for just kind of elevates you status, gives you status. Mm -hmm. Think about people that work for Facebook or Google or LinkedIn or any of these large companies, Tesla, whatever, you name it, right? Um, it, it seems to get more press precedence than somebody yeah. who owns their own Bowman Digital Media, right? Like, Oh, you just work for Bowman Digital Media. Nobody says it like that, but you know, it's in their mind. It's a small business. I get it, right? But working for corporate has its trade-offs because, you know, again, you can be laid off at any time. I was not laid off because of poor performance. I promise you. Right. right. I'm a, if anybody knows me for right. any amount of time okay. at all, they know one thing about me. I work hard, right? Yeah. Long hours. Right. And I and I try to be smart about the way I work, right? Results matter. I'm in marketing. I I look at data all day long. 
But um, that would be if there was a reason for me to go back to corporate life, it would have to do with a little bit of the prestige and a little bit of the um, the compensation package would have to <laughs> have some perks yeah. in it that I, I'm not giving myself now. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, Ira, what would you say to the want-to-be entrepreneur out there that might be thinking about making that transition? Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the benefits of entrepreneurship, but there's a lot of downsides too. It's challenging. Yeah. It's, you yeah. don't know, you know, it's, sometimes it's, it's paycheck to paycheck at the beginning. There's not a ton of consistency. So what would you say to the entrepreneur that might be thinking about that? Well, I would say a lot. In fact, I would encourage them to just call me. Because there's there's <laughs> yeah. there's a lot there, right? And there's I'm I'm one of those guys that I will I would be happy to talk to them. But as a general rule, I would say this: the first couple of years is going to probably be tough, right? So you know, if you don't have a 24 endurance race in 24 month endurance race in you, you don't have the energy or the mentality. Like I can't I can't endure hard times for 24 months at least. Probably not for you, and that's okay. Here's yeah. what I would recommend instead: then go find a captain's chair because these guys who are going with the with the entrepreneurships they have big visions but sometimes implementing the visions can be tough so you can find somebody who's got big visions and needs a, a right hand person to captain the ship and work you know symbiotically with them and that and helping so if you're good at processes but not good at vision and you're okay not necessarily having your name at the head of the marquee but being the number 2 slot right that's that's a place to be right. but if they do have the ambition to be an entrepreneur here's what i would say make sure that your whatever your product solution service is going to be has a real commercial uh demand so in other words there's a problem that exists today that your service or your product your solution is going to adequately address and do it in a way that's financially at least the same but probably should be a little bit less expensive, right? So if you could be almost like a new substitute good, that's a, a great spot to be. But it, it's tough if you have to break in, like as an entrepreneur, if you're trying to break into a brand new market where there's no established need, that's going to be tough, right? So especially if you're bootstrapping, let's talk about the difference between bootstrapping and well-funded because that makes a huge difference too, right? It so does. if you're going in and you've got no loan, no grant, no deep, you know, well to tap into, you better have this part figured out. I have a solution to an existing problem and I know how I'm going to sell it. That was one advantage that I had over almost everybody going into this is I was already good at marketing and sales. So I didn't need to hire anybody to help me with that. If you're yeah. really good at the solution, but you don't know how to sell to save your life, then you might want to go in with a partner and not do this as a solopreneur. You might want to find what we call a JV or joint venture, okay? And and tap into a group. Somebody's got to, somebody really has to be a good uh, mouthpiece for your company and they need to have some visibility, okay? I didn't have to spend any money on marketing. I'm telling you that's a huge advantage. You won't know until you know, and then you'll realize what I mean. Like it yeah. is a it is a big deal. It's a big chunk of a lot of people's when they start, that's a big chunk of what they normally have to spend. I didn't have to spend it. Okay. And I'm trying to brag. I'm just, that's where I was at. Right. So, you know, what's your marketing plan? What's the, what's the demographics, get the demographics down, understand where they are. The, I call it the headache and the Advil. You can call it whatever you want. The aspirin is probably more a better way to say it these days, but I used to take Advil when I had headaches. So 
Yeah. I used to call it Advil. But the Advil or the aspirin is what you're selling. And it becomes easy to sell it if there's a need for it and if there's a want for it. More so a want than a need, honestly. People need to eat vegetables and drink milk, do they? Not so much. But they want cigarettes and alcohol and they get those without, they'll find a way to get those. If you understand what I'm saying, you get it. They built a city called Las Vegas. I grew up there but based on needs. I'm sorry, wants, yeah. not needs, right? So you just have to understand that. I think if if a person has a commercially viable solution that they can price that's market friendly and they know how to sell it and they're and they're like i said you're going to get punched i don't care who you are as an entrepreneur i've never talked to any of them that had an easy sledding it's always a fight and you're going to get you look there's people that are going to try to steal your ideas there's people that are going to come in and maybe try to steal your clients there's going to be people that um, are going, look, your closest friends and family are all going to look at you and go, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. That's not who you are. You're Ira, the, the print sales guy. You're not in digital media. I got my press credential. You know, I, I had somebody in my family tell me I hadn't even graduated college. You know what I mean? It's like, they think yeah. they know you, but they don't really know who you are becoming. They only know what, you know, wherever it was, you know, in their mind, you're still 12 or something. So you're going to have a lot of hurdles to jump and everybody's hurdles are probably going to be a little bit different. But if you're not up for that kind of a fight, if you're not um, stubborn son of a gun, <laughs> probably don't want to do entrepreneurship. What I would say, if you're not sure, is start yourself out with a side hustle. Yep. Because then you still have income That's coming. People in. all the time too. Yeah. Side hustles are low risk. Because, you know, and I did that in 2019, honestly, I was doing LinkedIn coaching and I didn't even want to do it Yeah, because I had went from, think about it, from 1500 people in May of 2018 to a hundred thousand people by February of uh, 2019. I grew so fast that people were throwing money at me to teach them what I was doing so that they could emulate it. Yeah. Right? And so I was doing it on Saturdays. And I made a lot of money on Saturdays. It was great. That's awesome. But you know what I mean? That gave me, again, some confidence when I said, hey, I'm going to, instead of getting a job, I'm going to launch Bomb and Digital Media. That was one of the things I was thinking about over that weekend was, you know, I can sell my services. Yeah. You know? So anyways, that's what I would tell entrepreneurs. It's the industry that you're looking to, to do. Like if I wanted to launch a print shop, why not a print shop, Ira? Why digital media? Well, one of the reasons why is all those that print equipment would have been expensive and I would have had to put it in some building somewhere. Can't that can't go in my house and I would have had to have a staff to run it. So I was looking at millions of dollars of liability. Right. Versus something. And let's just be clear. When I launched Bowman Digital Media, I did it for three thousand dollars. I needed to buy a new computer, an LLC and a little bit of, of um, software. And I bought a new camera, DSLR, because I wasn't going to do photography work with my phone. Right. So that's what I needed yeah. to start. And then from there, obviously, I invested as my business grew. We did. That's we broke true. six figures our first year, which was pretty good. Right. That's good. It was good. It was a good model. It worked out pretty good. So six figures of income in the first year. Not everybody will do that. In fact, I had a lot of people tell me a lot of times you don't see real profits for five years. But again, that just depends on the industry you're in. I happen to be in an industry where a lot of it is, um, it's intellectual. 
right? Yep. Intellectual. So there's not a lot of overhead. There's not a lot of fixed asset costs to buy in. One of the reasons why I bought software from Low Code Road was to help increase the um, book value of my business. I bought custom software to help increase my um, the book value of Bowman Digital Media. Sure. Making smart investments, also weighing all those options. There's so many good pieces of advice for entrepreneurs out there that might be thinking about it. And even if you are scared to do it, try a side hustle and see if that resonates and it might fulfill a need that you might be looking for. And not if you can't make your side hustle work, the odds of you making your business full-time business work is very slim because again, the pressure that comes with it it's like stepping off a cliff. If you've never gone skydiving or cliff diving, I've never been skydiving, but I have been cliff diving. I've jumped off a cliff 20 feet into some water down below. And I'll tell you, it's exhilarating and scary as hell all at the same time. Um, but if you can handle that jump, then there's a good shot that you'll be able to handle the bigger jump. But if you can't handle that little jump, it's probably not for you. And I'm not, you know, look, at not everybody can be a, a professional pianist or basketball player or whatever, you know what I mean? There's no shame in being a full-time employee and being a darn good department manager. And like I said, if you like the idea of entrepreneurship, but you don't have the risk tolerance or you can't handle the, you know, it by yourself, you can go try to find yourself a general manager spot or director of operations spot for any one of these entrepreneurs that have multiple businesses. They need good people. Sure. I need, when I'm doing my internship program, I'm looking for two types of people. I'm looking for people that A, want to get into entrepreneurship themselves. Why do I like to train them? First of all, I like the legacy that it creates because I'm getting to help shape the future. Also, I'm looking for business partners. We call it white label in marketing, but you know, outside vendors that when you have overflow or something that doesn't quite fit you, people you know you can send it to, I know that I can trust them because I train them. Train so them. I know their mindset, yeah. right? But then the other kind of people that I'm looking for are the ones that don't have entrepreneur spirit at all. They're just looking for work. Well, I've trained them in my internship program and then I hire them at 15 bucks an hour to work for me, you know, and they're happy for Very that. Very similar to my model. <laughs> I just yeah, I'm looking for two. I'm looking for two yeah. different types of people. I help people that are straight out of college. I'm right next to a junior college. So I have a deal with them where I help teach and advise their um, their digital marketing. I'm, I'm one of their advisors for their curriculum. That's and great. I go, you know, I go there on career day and I, and I talk to the kids, but I get a lot of those kids to join my internship program. And some of them, you know, they're just looking for the $15 an hour job. And others are like, you know, I want to be like you. I want to be an influencer or I want to be a, you know, videographer or whatever. I was like, cool, let me show you what I know. And you take that with your youthful energy and creativity and let's see how far you can take it. And then I also, we at Project Help You Grow, I became aware of this, this epidemic called ageism, right? Where people in their 50s, 60s are having trouble getting a job because, you know, whatever reason, medical and health insurance, those kinds of things. So I have those people coming into my internship program too, to learn new skills sure. so that they can, you know, re-enter the workforce, you know, 15 bucks an hour, 20 bucks an hour, 30 bucks an hour, whatever they can command from wherever they go, but with a new skill set. And they Absolutely. can extend their career as opposed to being a greeter at Walmart. Well, I think that sounds a lot better than being a greeter at Walmart. <laughs> I haven't had any complaints about it yet, right? Yeah. The people that come in, their, their number one thing usually is they don't know the technology. 
right. they're intimidated by the technology. But I'm like, look, one thing that's happening right now is technology is getting easier and easier and easier to use across the board. So it used to be that these programs, video programs and and graphic design programs were really hard to use. But now, shoot, I I don't use Canva, but one of my my daughter, my daughter uses Canva, the pro version of Canva. She doesn't even use Photoshop nine months out of the year because she's in school and uh, only she, only when she's home on summer break does she actually yeah. use Photoshop. The rest of the year when she's making graphics for Bowman Digital Media, she's using Canva. Sure. Canva is really easy. I know easy. a lot of people that do. For yeah, sure. Canva is a really easy, easy tool. Um, there's video program tools out there like Filmora. Yeah. Enters my mind. Filmora is simple to use. I, I forget what version they're on now, 12 or 13 or 14 or something. But anyways, it's simple to use. Um, you know, of course, if you want to use some of the... Yeah, if you want to use some of the more complicated programs, it might take you a little bit. But I'll tell you what, it, if a person wants to learn... Uh, I could take them from no experience to fully trained um, intern in three months. I think there's an academy we got to start for you. Like <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm happy to talk to you about those things because, like I said, <laughs> yeah, again, when it, awesome. when you're looking at when you're looking at fractional work and you're looking at you know entrepreneurs, you shouldn't be co- focused on just one revenue stream. That's one of the the things that I would tell all of them. Like, look for multiple streams because. Sometimes the revenue streams do dry up and or in a recession like we're heading into. Right. Some would say we're already there. Um, you know, yeah. Economic models change. So For just sure. because you're making 10 grand a month doing this activity doesn't mean you will make that same 10 grand next month. You might make 12. You might make 20, but you also might make six or four, you know. Right. So having multiple straws in different bodies of water will help you. Continue to fill up your buckets and your gallons and your your storage tanks. Hopefully, you make so much money that you don't have to worry about it. But that's a good problem. But that's a good problem. Th- those are the, those are the advice. That's the type of advice that I would give to um, people who want to be entrepreneur. And here's another one. This term called utilize other people's tracks. So you don't have to be good at everything. Like remember when I said when I launched Moment Digital Media, I knew immediately I wasn't going to do the books. And I wasn't going to be the legal representation for the company, right? I knew that rather right than that. But I'll tell you that I've also learned that these interns and people that I can hire, maybe they're not as good a graphic designer as me. In fact, I would say none of them that I hire as good as me. The videographers, probably not as good as me, although there's a little bit of a debate there, right? Uh, photography, um, all of it, all of it can be done by other people. Maybe they're not as good as you, but you can hire them and get that work off of your plate, they can do it for a, a lower price point, And it frees you up to do other things like sleep. So Absolutely. don't, so don't be afraid as a small business owner to start figuring out ways to bring people on your team. The internship program that I run was directly an answer to that need. I needed talent. I didn't have the revenue to afford the salary. So I was like, all right, I started with 1099 work, labor, 1099 labor, because 1099 labor, if there's no project, there's no expense. So it was great, right? Invoices go out and then I would hire the 1099 and you know it was paid for that way. But then I got the idea for the internship program and the internship program, I'm trading them. I'll just be completely open with you guys. 10 hours of 
of labor a week for one hour of training time. That's what the internship program I have. They don't pay anything to participate. They just trade me 10 hours of labor. They have homework and they're working on things that help them. So I yeah. give them, I, I teach them a lesson for one hour and then I give them homework that, that correlates. It goes with the lesson so they get to practice it and develop their skills. So it actually works out great. They help me. They're taking work off the plate of Bowman Digital Media and they get the education. When they're done, they have experience on the resume. I give them a recommendation. Hey, they passed my internship program. I know who they are. I can attest to their work, right? And so it's it's a good thing. So there are so solutions. Like a true educator. Yeah, and there's a solution for everybody. Your business owner gets what they need. The the people out of work or out of school or still in school get the experience they need. It's a win-win, right? Absolutely. So there are ways, there are solutions to almost every problem if you're if you're creative. And if you're not creative, you probably don't want to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> right. Or they could talk to you, call you and talk to you about it because I think you are yeah. a wealth of information. And there's been so many great nuggets in this interview today. So yeah, I'm glad to share. Thank you for having yeah. me. And I feel that I'm so excited to explore the internship stuff, but then you gave some really good advice. You don't have to be an entrepreneur, but there is a path to it. And there are things that you can do to take some of that off your plate and also be successful. And you can dip your toes in and then you can go full, whatever you want to do. It's just there's different methods for that. Yeah, your side, your side hustle and or if you want to just fully immerse into being an entrepreneur, here's one last suggestion, unless you ask me another question. But the last suggestion I would have is this. Make sure you're you love it. You're passionate about it because mm -hmm. it will for probably 24 months consume most of your life, right? It's all consuming. You're going to eat it, sleep it, drink it, breathe it, all of it. Um, you're probably going to irritate some of your family because you're not going to be as present for a while, but they just have to understand you're trying to, to set a foundation front. You have to front load this thing a lot, especially if you're bootstrapping. When you have money, it's a little bit different, right? You can hire people right away and you can buy some of the things you need right away. But when you're bootstrapping entrepreneur, 24 months is probably conservative number. You might even need 36 months. But, you know, if you love it, it'll be easier. And if you hate it or you're ambivalent to it, right, you probably won't be successful. Because one thing I will tell you, you can talk to me about graphic design. You can talk to me about website development, SEO, photography, videography, you'll see a smile on my face and a passion in my eyes. And it just, I don't have to tell you, I love it. You can sense it. So whatever well, that is for you. That's inspiring for our audience to hear someone who's transformed their passion and their genius into a business. And I think that is a pretty inspiring message. So thank you for sharing all those ideas with us today, Ira. It's my pleasure. Like I said, you unwind me. I'll go and go and go. <laughs> <laughs> Where can our audience find you? I mean, I'm assuming LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. So LinkedIn is actually not the necessarily best place to find me, although it's easy to find me only because everybody wants to connect and I can't. I'm maxed out. LinkedIn has yeah. that 30,000 connection limit. Now I follow everybody back. So if you follow me, I, you know, I won't be antisocial and you can send me a message, even though we're not connected because I've opened that up, right? I have a premium account. And so I let everybody message me, but if you want to find me the, the really the two easiest places to find me 
Um, irabowman.com is my photography site. So it's just my name.com. That's easy. My business name, Bowman Digital Media, which is over my shoulder. Um, that's bowmandigitalmedia.com, you know, so you can find me there. I'll tell you a social media platform you guys might not have heard of yet, but I'm actually a brand ambassador for it because I love it. It's called Owl. It's O-W-W-L-L. And you can talk to me for 10 minutes for $1. It's a 10-minute call. And if you want to talk to me for 30 minutes, it's $3. You know what I mean? It's $10. It's it's $1 for every 10 minutes. Now, I could raise my price, but I've left it there. I love it because when I'm on, you don't have to have an appointment. You can just call. And like yesterday, you remember William Hung from American Idol? She bangs me. I talked to him yesterday. He's on the app. I posted about him, you know, the call on Instagram and in Facebook and he shared it. Right. And, you know, I was able to actually connect him with an agent, a friend of mine in Nashville, because he's still in that world, but he doesn't have representation. So I'm like, hey, if you're looking for somebody to book gigs for you, you know, and that's how I am with people. Like when they call me and we talk, you know, I try to connect them to other people that I know that might be able to help them out. That's just, you know, the social media part. So if you're looking for me and you want to actually talk to me, that is the easiest way. Unless you're my friend, Shelby has my cell phone number. She can just call me. Yes. <laughs> Text you for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Well, Ira, thank you for all of your wisdom and thank you for your story and for inspiring our audience to think a bit differently about their expertise and how yeah, they- I hope I made them think today. And I, I, I don't think- want to discourage anybody. Hopefully if you heard me, you're not discouraged. Chase it. I just given you hopefully some some cautionary things, right? Passion. Think about the, how the solution to what you're going to, you know what I mean? Because that's what a lot of people, when they get into this, they don't think about the other side of it, right? Like the other people don't care that you're a new business. They just care. They've got a problem with their business they need to resolve or at their house, right? You need a plumber. You need a beautician, whatever it is. You need that thing. Then you need it. If you don't need it, then it doesn't matter how much they like you. They're not going to hire you. Exactly. Well, thank you again for visiting and having this discussion. I think it was very valuable for our audience. And I look forward to hosting someone else to talk about how to transform their genius into an income stream or multiple income streams, because you can do it too. And you can start small and build up, or you can go all in whatever your passion is, but you'll be a whole lot more fulfilled in your life. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments with your host, Shelby Jill Long. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.